There were two more murders 15 miles when away. We arrived, we found the television Sometimes a killer's victims are more famous than his crimes. It doesn't happen often. Their cruelness often overshadows those who they hurt. But when it does, a victim becomes a beacon of hope. On September 29th, 1978, a girl who is the epitome of strength and resilience fought off her attacker. So if you like your coffee hot, but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. On September 29, 1978, 15-year-old Mary Vincent was hitchhiking from Las Vegas, trying to get to her grandfather's home in Corona, California. In a time where hitchhiking was commonplace, Mary stood with a group of fellow travelers waiting for a car to stop and offer her a ride when a blue van approached and a man beckoned her over. He was older and smiled at her as he offered to take her where she needed to go. But the group she left behind felt something was off about his demeanor. They asked her to stay with them, but feeling like she could take care of herself, she opened the door and got in. He seemed nice enough, and before long, Mary settled in and dozed off. When she awoke sometime later, she noticed that the man, a man named Lawrence Singleton, was not on the route that they had agreed upon and had missed a very important turnoff. She got angry, threatened him to get her point across, and he insisted it was an honest mistake while looking for a place to turn the van around. Back on the path again, Larry said he needed to pull the car over so he could relieve himself. Once outside urinating, Mary got out to stretch her legs a little. As she bent down to tie her shoe, she was struck over the head with a hammer. The once kindly stranger had now turned deadly. He forced her to drink unknown alcohol from his car and drove down a nearby canyon. He tied her hands behind her back and brutally raped her throughout the night. Knowing full well she could identify him in a lineup, he made the decision to take her life. After a night of torture and rape, he severed both of her arms with a hatchet while she was still very much so alive. Once finished, he threw her naked body 30 feet off a cliff in Del Puerto Canyon, stuffed her into a pipe, and left her to die of blood loss. But just as evil as he was, Mary was resilient. The 15-year-old regained consciousness and shoved her bleeding forearms into the mud to stop the bleeding. Then she somehow managed to pull herself back up the cliff and walked three miles down the interstate, naked, armless, and covered in blood, hoping a car would stop to help her. One car approached, saw the way she looked, and fled, before another, containing a couple on vacation, stopped and rushed her to the hospital. Mary was not only able to survive her attack, but give enough detail to generate a sketch of her attacker. One accurate enough that a neighbor of Larry Singleton contacted police, and he was arrested. Larry was brought to trial six months after the attack, and... In walked Mary Vincent, clad with new prosthetic arms and ready to testify against this monster. When she was within earshot, Larry whispered, I'll finish the job if it takes the rest of my life, as a final effort to hurt the teen. Thanks in large part to her unwavering testimony, Larry Singleton was found guilty and sentenced. Now here's the problem. Mary survived her attack. While normally this would be a wonderful thing, it's the reason Larry only got 14 years in prison, the maximum allowed by the California law at the time. 
The judge, whose hands were tied, said, If I had the power, I would send him to prison for the rest of his natural life. He was sent to prison and Mary won a civil suit against him for $2.56 million. But as he only had $200 to his name, she received no payout. Larry sat in prison for eight years, acting as the model prisoner and working as a teaching assistant in a prison classroom. Because of this, he was paroled after serving only half of his 14-year sentence. They attempted to settle him in the Bay Area and were met with angry crowds, protests, and a chapter of the Guardian Angels. In Rodeo, a crowd of 500 met with such force that they had to move Larry from his hotel under an armed guard. He had to be removed from one Contra Costa apartment in a bulletproof vest after 400 residents surrounded his building. Eventually, they moved him to the only place he would be safe, a trailer on the grounds of San Quentin Prison. He remained there for a year before his parole period was up, and he was finally able to move back to his home state of Florida. The public outrage did, however, result in legislation, supported by Mary, that would prevent the early release of offenders who committed a crime that involved torture. The bill, called Singleton Bill, was passed in 1998, but unfortunately, it did not change the outcome of Larry's parole. Mary Vincent, understandably, was terrified. She spent years trying to come to terms with her attack and her new handicap. She felt isolated, had trouble with family, and moved away as soon as she graduated to live a life in seclusion. She was scared, depressed, and had her attacker wandering around freely. Larry Singleton wouldn't keep out of trouble. He served 60 days in prison in 1990 for stealing a $10 disposable camera and another two years for taking a $3 hat. Then finally, on February 19, 1997, he did what everyone expected. He took another human life. Police got a call that day reporting that a man in Sulphur Springs, Florida, could be seen through his window stabbing an unmoving body. When police arrived, they found the body of Roxanne Hayes, a sex worker and mother of three, lying dead on the couch. Larry standing there naked, covered in her blood. He claimed he paid her $20 to meet at his house. And when she tried to take more money from him, a struggle ensued, and while he was trying to take the knife away from her, she somehow got stabbed multiple times. No one was buying it, and Larry Singleton was, once again, arrested and brought to trial. Mary Vincent flew from California to Florida to make sure she was there to testify against this man a second time. This time, he was sentenced to death and would die of cancer on December 28, 2001, before his execution date would ever come around. Many believe Mary and Roxanne weren't his only victims, but he took that information with him to the grave. Mary went on to have two children and become a successful artist living and thriving despite her trauma. She remains a symbol of strength and endurance, while Larry symbolized the shortfalls of the criminal justice system, the one that allowed him to take the life of Roxanne Hayes despite the horrible crimes against Mary Vincent. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to what terrible thing happened on September 30th. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe.
Thank you for listening to Morning Cup of Murder. This is a daily podcast that tells you what happened on this day in true crime history. In short, easy to listen to episodes that you can finish on your commute or while you enjoy your morning coffee. So make sure you check back every morning. My name is Karina. I am the creator and host. You can find Morning Cup of Murder on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I have also set up a Patreon where you can donate a small monthly contribution to the podcast. All those links are in the episode description. Thank you again and have a wonderful day.